Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Leon Fontaine. Leon is senior pastor of Springs Church with locations across Canada. He's also been Miracle Channel CEO since 2010. Leon's teaching will help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus and walk in God's promises. You can watch his program, Leon Fontaine, The Spirit Contemporary Life, weekdays on Miracle Channel. And now, Leon Fontaine will discuss how you can receive help, counsel, and protection from angels. You will unpack the purpose of angels in a believer's life and will strengthen your confidence in God's protection over you. Let's dive into the message. Today I want to talk about how to position yourself to get angelic help. Now you might say, well, you can't guarantee that. Well, I guarantee you angels are helping you. It's just you can't see them. I guarantee you they're there. I guarantee you they've done stuff for you. If you're giving your life to Christ, it's just that most of us never get a chance to see them. And the Bible nowhere teaches us to pray to angels, to talk to angels. I mean, if one appears to you and talks to you, then I guess. Um, I've never had an angel appear to me. But I've seen tons of situations that miracles happened so amazingly that however God did it, but we know that he promises us us, that they're everywhere all around us. In fact, Hebrews 13.2, if you are taking notes, teaches us to be hospitable because some have entertained angels and didn't know it. Now, when angels appeared to people in the Bible, you have different reactions. Some angels, when they appeared, were so that people just fell. They collapsed. They actually like kind of fainted. It says their knees would just shake and down they would go. It happened to John, happened to Daniel. Uh, Other guys, when they saw an angel, it was finished, just boom. But then others like Samson's parents, uh, Joshua met an angel where they weren't sure they were angels. And they weren't sure until in one case, the person rose up and went back into heaven. Then he knew he was an angel. Joshua didn't seem to know that a warrior that he met on the battlefield as he was sneaking up on the enemy, uh, there was a man and he started talking to him and Joshua wasn't sure. He goes, whose side you on? And he said, neither. I am the angel of the Lord of hosts. And so angels, when they, if they do appear and God opens your eyes to see them, uh, Sometimes they can just look like the average person. Other times when they show up, it is like a stunning man of war. It's something so incredible uh, that people quake. Full-grown men quake because it's so unusual and out there. Um, a friend of mine was telling me this story. He is he's in his 80s today and uh, really got involved in missionaries. And he flew small planes. And one day he was traveling with a missionary from the field, and they were going somewhere in a, in a four-seater little prop job plane. And uh, he tells a story. And, and anytime I tell a story about people that I've spoken to, it's always really 
trustworthy, first-hand experiences meeting with them. And he said that as they were flying, they were laughing and talking and joking around, and all of a sudden they became aware of two people sitting in the back seats of the plane. Now that'll shock you because they didn't load anybody in the back seats of the plane. And he said they turned around and they realized they were angels. And he says, he said they wouldn't talk to us, they didn't say anything, they just sat there. And he said, we've read our Bibles. They're both Bible scholars, really renowned Bible scholars. Once they knew there was angels there, they, at first they were just blown away, but then they just stayed there on this flight till they kind of got used to it, he said. Then when they went to land, there was huge problems with this plane, and it should have crashed. And they landed this thing safely. Miraculously, they turned around, and they were gone. And I've never forgotten that story. Uh, from that missionary of how when they were flying. Because I don't believe God always opens our eyes when angels are helping us. But according to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, angels are here as ministering servants to those who have given their lives to Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at three instances in the Bible where angels told the people they were ministering to why they had come. First one we're going to read is in Daniel chapter 10, verses 11 and 12, reading from the Amplified. It says, The angel said to me, O Daniel, you greatly beloved man, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for to you I am now sent. And while he was saying this word to me, I stood up, trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were what? Heard. All right. Your words were heard. And I have come as a consequence of and in response to your... Are you awake out there? Your words. I want you to notice it doesn't say your intentions, your heart, although we know his heart was an important part. But this angel tells him, I have come for your words. I have come uh, because of what you have said. Interesting. Psalms chapter 103, verse 20 and 21, has another uh, similar portion of scripture, verse 20. It says, bless affectionately and gratefully praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments. So we know that angels do God's commandments. He directs them. But look at the next line. It's just a little bit different the way it's worded. Hearkening to the voice of his word. Why would it do it like that? Why wouldn't they just say hearkening to his voice? Do angels listen to God's voice? Of course they do. But why would they put hearkening to the voice of his word? Interesting. In the first one, it tells Daniel, I've come because of your words. In this one, in Psalms, it says that angels are listening for words that are spoken. And it's got to be God's word that is spoken. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 10. This is a portion of scripture after the cross. And for those who are students of the Bible, you'll know that the way angels worked before the cross and after the cross are different. For example, in the portion of Scripture that I read to you from Daniel, 
An angel appeared to Daniel and told him, I have come for your words. And then he explained to Daniel he'd left days earlier. But when he came from the presence of God or from the direction of God, that an end, a demonic presence withstood him. And so God sent one angel and they pushed their way through. And so many people using this one reference of scripture believe that angels and demons are continually fighting in the spirit realm over the souls of men. Not true. Okay, not true. Uh, the reason, and, and we talked a little bit about this in the, in the messages past, is that at the cross of Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, one of the things he did was to pay for your and my sins and to pay for the curse that would come on our lives because of those sins. And then when he set us free, it says that he defeated the devil. It says he stripped him of all of his authority. And when Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 18, 19 appears uh, to the disciples, he says, all authority is given to me. Now I want you to go. And so Jesus, many people teach that he took the authority and he gave it to us. No, we have authority as human beings on the planet because we have a body. But Jesus holds all authority. But when we use his name, we use the authority that's invested in Jesus. We sit with him at the right hand of the Father. We can't, like Adam, give this authority away like Adam did in the Garden of Eden because it is in Jesus, secure in Jesus. But Jesus is in us and we are in him. And so although we have examples in the Old Testament of the enemy stopping what angels were Trying, trying to stop what angels were going to do. In the New Testament, we have none of that. When we have a person who is born again and beginning to walk around in the authority of the believer, you'll just see instantaneously things happen and we do not find any kind of demonic story that looks as though it can delay or stop God's people once they know, once they address it, that the presence, the power of the authority that is in Jesus is there. All right, Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms, that's money, who gave money, alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Listen to this. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. It's interesting. This is a very interesting portion of Scripture. Because the prayers of the saints, in the book of Revelation, it says it fills bowls. And basically what it's saying to us in beautiful, uh, picturesque ways is that the prayers of the saints, the things that we pray, are before God. This man, his giving and his praying, had built a memorial before God. A memorial is something that never lets you forget. If you go to some of the parks here in our city, you will find 
uh, memorials made to men who gave their lives for our freedom. And some of their names are written on those plaques. And a picture of them in some kind of a stance. And one, there's a wounded soldier when you drive by it. And it just reminds you that men have given their lives. This memorial is erected that we would never forget. In heaven, this angel is telling him that your prayers, Cornelius, and your giving has come up as a memorial before God. God never will forget the prayers that have been spoken. For example, my dad's grandma has long been gone to heaven, but the prayers that she prayed for her kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, great-great-grandkids will never go away. If you want to pray and your grandkids and great-grandkids and great-grandkids aren't alive yet, but you're praying for your generations, praying for your kids, your grandkids, you think, well, once I'm gone, my prayers will have no effect. But that's not true. According to the Word, and when you go into the Old Testament where we have a chronology of thousands of years, there are times it'll say something, and God would not forget this man of God. And because of him and his prayers, he looked after generations further down. That blessing and that prayer was still effective. If you are a person that feels God has called you to give and to finance the gospel of Jesus Christ, so few people today, probably one, not even one percent, I've noticed, uh, of a congregation are people who not just are giving regularly, they're waiting for any opportunity and they believe they are called to give. Everyone should give, but they will give. And every time an opportunity comes up, they'll give sacrificially. Your giving, all of our giving will never be forgotten by God. He knows that those finances are impacting, I mean, people in Pakistan, people in Canada, across countries, etc. So here this angel says to him, I'm here because of your prayers, which is words, and because of your actions of giving. So in the Bible, we find in these three examples, and I'm just in time side, I could pull off a lot more. You'll notice that in every one of these cases, he came to these people and he helped them with something, but it was because of the words that they spoke. I'm going to go into some confessions that you can make as a Christian. A confession is a prayer. It is a declaration. It is a, a taking God's word. Because a lot of people get confused with the word prayer. People will often say, oh, don't ask me to pray, pastor. I can't pray like you. And I have to be careful because as a pastor who I love to pray, I love the word, when I pray, I can get really picturesque. And I love praying like that, taking the word, praying the word, praying the promises. But actually, that's not how you have to pray. Prayer is simply a communication with God, number one, which is for you to build a relationship with God. If Sally and I were to have a conversation, and I went, hmm, I don't know how to have a conversation with Sally. I should read Shakespeare. My love, thine eyes are like pools of... I don't think she's going to be impressed with that. I don't think I need to figure out how to declare. I think just learn to talk and open up. And I think that's what God wants with you when you pray. It's not, well, how do you pray? I don't know. How do you talk to your wife? Well, that's different. No, it's not. Prayer simply means dialogue. It's communication. It's not monologue. God bless my wife, bless my kids, bless my Wheaties, bless the missionaries, bless my money. Amen, goodbye, I'm gone. That's, a, that's you talking. P prayer is dialogue. It's learning to speak, and it's learning to listen and to sense. And if you'll spend more time listening, in the quietness of a room, 
your vehicle. You'll begin to sense things that you'd never know on your own, but he'll show you. So when I talk about prayer or making a confession, uh, all I mean by a confession is a positive affirmation of God's word. But it's not just a mind game. The reason I am taking God's word and speaking it is because until my heart gets established in a promise, you'll find that if you're, if you're, the Bible talks about the heart being established in grace. Until my heart gets established in a promise, I won't believe it. And according to the word, grace is operated by just believing, trusting, or faith. Not how much faith have you got. No, no, just what you believe. And all of us have got beliefs deep in our heart that we didn't put there. From heartaches, losses, the ways you believe about yourself, you know, the way you look at, oh, I don't think I'll ever change, and I don't think money's ever going to come in, and I don't know if this is ever for me. All of these beliefs in your heart, you can change them. And the way you change them is by taking the promises of God that are true, and Bible says in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth you know will set you free. And so when God's word, his truth comes into you, where you begin to, I know I'm God's kid. I'm not the loser I felt I was. I'm not the failure that I have been. I'm not the horrible person to the horrible things that I've done. I'm a new creation. When this truth hits you you begin to believe it that is when you will notice that the miraculous begins to take place in your life what I have discovered to help me to establish God's Word into my heart is to speak out loud or to confess I call it or to pray the word pray the word confess the word sing the word uh, you know declare the word sometimes I shout the word when things are going on and I can just feel fear pushing up my heart I'll take his promises while I'm driving that car and I go I declare in Jesus name no weapon formed against me is gonna prosper and as I declare that word so when I say I want to give you some things to pray to confess I do mean out loud you know the Bible says you have not because you ask not that word ask has a sin in the meaning as well to declare and so it's not as though I'm asking God begging him pleading with him and he's reluctant to do anything for me get that picture out of your head God is like sitting there just waiting all this power all his blessing all his presence just waiting for you to believe and ask but you'll notice that angels listen to spoken words when you are praying God's word, you are praying the most accurate way possible. I want you to fall in love with Jesus. Recognize that he's created a way by dying on the cross to make what Hebrews 1.14 says, all the angels have been commanded to look after you in all your ways. Let's begin to say that. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Leon Fontaine. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.